Hello, my name is Rebecca Mae Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my Substack. This is the third newsletter written from Rome, and this week I present an account of the river path, the weeds I've seen and eaten, and the making of an Easter feast. Along the Tiber, the Tevere. The river path begins in Marconi, the neighbourhood where we are staying. Five minutes walk from the apartment, there is a slope downwards from the street, the entrance marked by a wall of prickly pear cactus. Where we are is quite densely populated, and throughout Rome there are a lot of cars. But when I get down to the river path, all I can hear are birds and the movement of water. Plants along the river bank, on the walls and slopes down from the street level, and on the flat verges of the path, have been left to grow however they will. The path has recently been formalised into two lanes for cyclists to share with walkers, one going in each direction. It continues far into the city, and to visit friends or see sights, I walk along the river and pop up variously at Ponte Testaccio, Ponte Sublicio in Trastevere, or towards the centre of town at the Ponte Cestio and Ponte Garibaldi. I have a mini bout of fatigue during the second week in Rome, and after several days mostly lying down, I find that walking along the river tires me out significantly less than the road. Some of the plants growing like weeds along the river path. A list. Prickly pear cactus, a wall of it, eight foot tall at the slope down to the path, like a modernist sculpture. Bamboo down the bank from the road is very tall and dense and pushing against the fences and some collapsed and fallen over. Where it is growing, other plants do not. Bat hen, which has partly taken on the form of other plants around it, and so looks slightly different to the version on the allotment. Barley. Brambles tumbling down a long section of sloped wall, with cats nestling in it. Jack of the hedge, which I consider picking to make a garlicky pesto. Mallow. Chicoria. Deadly nightshade. Lemon balm. Fetch from the pea family, with small purple flowers that I recognise from the green manure mix I grew on the allotment. Red clover, white clover, yellow suckling clover, buttercups, geraniums. Daisy-like pink-tinted Mexican fleabane spout from the joins in brickwork in the tall vertical sections of wall. Ranunculus with yellow flowers grow in clumps. Oat straw, with seeds that dangle like earrings. Mustard greens. Rapeseed in clouds of bright yellow flowers. Fennel. A little bulb forming halfway down a dried out stem on last year's plant. Elderflower. Nettles. Goosegrass. Olive tree. Fig trees everywhere. And one huge tree. Branches cascading down the stone wall from the road. Sycamore, dock leaves, speedwells, poppy. 
also along the river. Two women walking over the rough grass on a flat plain next to the entrance in Marconi, talking and carrying plastic bags filled with foraged leaves. Someone shouting like they're lost at sea or in the fog from across the river amongst dense trees and greenery. I cannot see them. A large group of very young school or nursery age children wearing high vis vests. They play and dig in the grey beige sand in the gloom under a bridge next to the river path. They play next to nettles and graffiti on the walls of the bridge, attended to by two teachers. Improvised shelters where people live along the riverbank, built on ledges a few metres above the path and below street level. A small tray with dry cat biscuits next to the path. People carrying olive branches. A man with a mini umbrella in his combat trouser pocket halfway down his leg. A teenage girl and her younger brother doing lunges across the path and an improvised exercise routine. Joggers, electric scooter riders, cyclists on electric, mountain and road bikes. Occasional police cars of different sizes, including small hatchback cars and 4x4s, drive along the river path, taking up all of it, forcing walkers, runners and cyclists off the path and onto the verges. Cats, 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 healthy looking, sleeping, walking, watching us and once several cats hanging out with a man who is talking to them. Weeds and asses in the Vatican. An exhausting labyrinth to get in and walk round. Signage promising we will arrive at the Sistine Chapel for a kilometre of narrow, crowded passages stuffed with amazing sights that become gradually less amazing as I am too tired to look. Different sets of toves set in stone on plinths. A twisted, muscly, headless torso that makes me think of Rilke's poem, Archaic Torso of Apollo. I sit down in a chair intended for a security guard in an alcove near a Francis Bacon painting with a lot of green in it. Tapestries and weeds, rocket, dandelions and ribwork plantain, mallow, small red flowers almost like primroses. Poppies, thistles, common violets. Hands reaching to the earth for support amidst a depiction of conflict and revelation. The chapel itself is a big, glorious fuckfest at the end of walking. The retrospectively painted on loincloths do nothing to conceal this fact. Arses and arses and arses going upwards to meet God. Afterwards, walk to the Forno di Fiori in the rain, let in just before closing to have zucchini pizza and zucchini flour and anchovy pizza with Cokes. We stand up to eat under a flower seller's tent. Piatta Romano. We squeeze in on the last table without a reservation with our friend, who is also called Rebecca. On the antipasti menu at Piatta Romano restaurant are the weeds I have seen around the city. I am so excited. 
In the first few days here, I talked to Rachel about ancient Romans eating mallow. Now it is on a menu. No longer a weed, now a dish. Distinctions eroding. I wonder if the mallow or malva in England is tender enough to cook in this way, wilted in a pan with olive oil. This is the plant that, apart from fat hen, grows most rampantly uninvited on the allotment since I took it on in summer 2019. It grows taller than me, up to six foot, and develops thick roots that go several feet deep into the ground. In the first summer on the allotment, I broke a new spade trying to dig out a mallow root from the ground. It can regrow from a fragment of root and can become dense, leaves at its base spreading out and blocking other plants from growing. It has purple flowers. Constrained by asphalt in the city in Rome, mallow is a more modest size. We also eat borage buds, battered and deep fried. On the allotment, their blue flowers, once out, almost an endless source of food for bees, nearly the first and last out in the year. These were Sam's favourite. Fennel tops and all manner of small wild plants dressed with sumac and anchovy is Mysticansa selvatica di campo, mixed wild things from the field, which I resolved to try and make from the allotment. Then, I have rigatoni with payata in tomato sauce. Payata are mild-tasting lamb's intestines in tomato sauce. Traditional Roman dish. Rebecca and Sam both eat rabbit cacciatore and we share cicoria ripassata on the side, which is twice-cooked cicoria, first boiled for quite a long time, then, rather than a blanching, then drained, liquid squeezed out, and fried in oil, garlic and chilies. Finally, tiramisu for Rebecca, which is wonderfully custardy, chocolate mousse and cimbolino biscuits with fennel seeds dipped in what remains of our red wine. There is a table of slightly awkward looking men in suits on the table next to us. They do not share their dishes and the restaurant owner is serving them their wine himself. We speculate about what they are and one of them, we find out later, is the Minister for the Interior. Making an Easter meal and on making mayonnaise. On Saturday afternoon, I buy a pastera, a Neapolitan Easter tart with pastry made using lard and filled with ricotta, milk-soaked whole wheat grains and candied peel. I read somewhere that it should be made by Easter Friday at the latest for the flavour to mature by Sunday. I ask the woman at the pasticceria whether I should refrigerate it, and she replies emphatically, no. When I pick it up in its box, it feels heavy for its size a tart of substance. We leave our flat in Marconi at 12.45 and walk along the river path with a tart, two bottles of wine and an Avengers-themed Kinder chocolate egg towards Tessaccio, where Rachel lives. 
we arrive and I give Luca his egg, which contains a toy in the middle, an Avengers Thor figure with a moving hammer, which he assembles, then shows me his collection of Avengers Lego. Sam and I sit at the table and pod peas and broad beans, as we did before, for Al to make another Vinirola. It's the season. Luca intermittently gets up and sneaks away handfuls of pea pods and sits at Rachel's writing desk in the kitchen, podding and eating peas in a frenzy while playing a game. I ask if he prefers chocolate or peas, and he says, peas! After broad beans and peas, we move on to artichokes, tiny ones for frying whole as a starter, and larger ones to cut up and put in the vignerola. Rachel asks me to whip double cream to cover her tocotto, which is in the freezer. I realise we don't need the pastera, and we decide to save it for a picnic the next day. I begin whisking and cream sprays everywhere, so Rachel puts her new bright red Tunnock's tea cake apron on me. And I keep whisking, and despite my efforts, spray a mist of cream on the floor that Lola the dog licks as I go. Easter for dogs too. When the cream makes stiff but not rigid peaks, Rachel removes the ducotto from the freezer to unmould. It has a centre of ricotta, cream, candied peel and nuts encased in a patchwork of sponge cake. The sponge is edged red from dipping each piece into Alkermes liquor. Luca smacks the metal base of the mould and gives a strongly worded encouragement to get it out, then spreads over the cream and dusts with cocoa. To look at, it reminds me of a baked Alaska that my grandmother once made. Rachel asks, would you rather clean chairs or peel potatoes? I clean the chairs, which have a layer of silt on them, after winter outside on the large balcony where we will eat. Rachel peels potatoes. I'm making mayonnaise for the roast chickens, standing at the table with a bowl. I begin with two egg yolks, mustard, salt and pepper, and pour in olive oil very slowly from the bottle, which has a pourer on top, which means that it comes out in a slow stream. Ideal for this purpose. I say that, personally, I like to use a wooden spoon to make mayonnaise. I can better feel the changing thickness as there is more rough surface area to catch the liquid on versus, say, a metal spoon. I'm standing at the table stirring the mayonnaise when our friends Rebecca and Matt arrive. Rebecca takes a photo of me stirring and pouring. We discuss making it, people's fear, my feeling that it is a kind of performance to make mayonnaise. It certainly feels that way as I stand in the middle of the room with everyone looking and talking about what I am doing. Rachel quotes Nigella, who wrote somewhere that she never found mayonnaise difficult or scary until she was in the middle of making it and someone said, aren't you scared of making mayonnaise or something along those lines? And then it immediately split. I try to remain relaxed and not think of splitting, thinking about how like horses, mayonnaise has a sixth sense for anxiety. Mine does not split today, but it is too salty at first. 
I took a pinch of Rachel's salt, which is much finer than the salt I use at home, so there is more of it in a pinch. The solution is to keep making mayonnaise to improve the ratio of salt to sauce. I add another egg yolk and keep adding oil, hoping that I'm not pushing my luck with it holding its form as it gets thicker and thicker. It holds. It is no longer too salty and I sharpen it with lemon juice. We stand round the table chatting while the vignaroller cooks, drinking wine and eating broad beans from the pods and pecorino and slices of salami. Then some fried baby artichokes, which have been fried twice. Once, for longer on a lower heat, then taken out and left to cool. Then again on a high heat for a short amount of time to crisp up and then seasoned with salt. Rachel has been practising her technique. She is worried that the chickens, which are boilers instead of roasting birds, as she got to the butcher late, will be tough or dry. But when we cut them up into sections using meat scissors and arrange them on a plate, they are very juicy. The potatoes are roasted in the chicken fat. On the table, two roasted chickens, roast potatoes, vignarola, mayonnaise, in fact, there is not too much of it. Easter cheese bread, which looks comically like a giant mushroom or oversized rambaba. Then, zucotto, cut into thick slices with more cochineal red alchemy's liquor poured over it. Coffee, grappa and home. Thanks for listening.